Woo! Hello, guys. Welcome to the new show. <laughs> I'm your host, Amala Epinobi. You guys are chilling out on the new set right now in my house. Check it out. Got my guitar back there. Got the record player. Gigi's all set up and everything. Here's our other shot. Look at my little plant. I got a house plant just for you guys. I'm not typically all that great with house plants, but this one is going to survive because you guys have to watch it thrive on this show. And of course, we have Taylor in Nashville. I'm still here, still alive, still breathing, and happy to be back. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, the show has no new name. It's just Amla Epinobi, so we're here. I see you guys in the YouTube chat having a lot of fun. Taylor and I are like DJs today, right? I've got my little board switcher. Boom, boom. Where is she? Is she over here? Is she over there? I don't know. I'm over here moving buttons around. Taylor's doing it on the back end. We have a lot to talk about today. But before we get into it, please like and subscribe if you're not already subscribed. We have numerous things to discuss. I'm sure you guys have seen Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis going all over the news, getting a lot of hate, anger, and outrage on the internet because they wrote a character letter towards Danny Masterson and about Danny Masterson to the judge in his case. For those of you who don't know who Danny Masterson is, he was famous uh, on That 70s Show. I believe he played a character character named Steven. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. I was personally not a massive fan of that 70s show. Were you, Taylor? No, I never watched it, honestly. Uh, okay. I, I remember sort of like Dr. Phil when I was a kid. That 70s show would come on in the background. Uh, maybe on, was it on Nick at Night? Again, fact check me on that in the comments down below, guys. And it would just be on every now and then. I remember watching Mila and Ashton and Fez and, you know, uh, Eric Foreman and the parents. But, of course, we got news that Danny Masterson was accused of rape. Uh, and three women made accusations against him and brought it to court. He was tried and he was found guilty on two of those counts. And I guess the, th the third was thrown out. And the third was a woman by the name of Chrissy Bixler, who has come forward. She was a former girlfriend of Danny Masterson's who had accused him of raping her. So he got two counts of, of forcible rape uh, charged against him, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. So that's the update uh, as far as his involvement. The court found him guilty. And what happened was Mila and Ashton were asked to write character letters. And for those of you who don't know what a character letter is, it's a letter that states who this person was to you, how they treated you. It's a testament to their character, at least as far as you knew it, so that the judge can take it into account when he is putting out sentencing. Now, uh, Mila and Ashton did write a, a character letter here, and here's Ashton Kutcher's in particular. He just goes and talks about the fact that Danny Masterson was a role model to him, uh, stated that he was an excellent role model, that he kept him away from drugs during his time in Hollywood, that, you know, he was an active member in society as far as defending people when he saw wrongdoings happening, that he uh, worked really hard and was nice to everybody on set. And to me, it's a little bit of a uh, 
maybe maybe a tone death letter. And we can get into the sort of moral quandary as to whether or not you would write a character letter if you were asked to do so in a case like this. And we'll, we'll get there in a second. I want to read sort of the, the final part of the statement that Ashton Kutcher sent to this judge. It says, while I'm aware that the judgment has been cast as guilty on two counts of rape by force and the victims have a great desire for justice, I hope that my testament to his character is taken into consideration in sentencing. I do not believe that he is an ongoing harm to society and having his daughter raised without a present father would be tertiary, a tertiary injustice in and of itself. Thank you for taking the time to read this. And it is signed Ashton Kutcher. Uh, you know, this is tough, guys. This is tough. I'm trying to think of a situation in which I would do this for for somebody or a person who I would do this for. I even tried to think, you know, if I had a child and this child gets into adulthood and is charged with a crime like forcible rape, would I write a, a character letter? I think parents here and there, maybe there's a split and we can ask you guys in a poll whether or not you would do that for your child. I guess I would write a character witness to my child for my child. I don't know that I would put that I want my view of this person's character to have a direct effect on just how lenient you are in the sentence for the crime that they committed. And like I said, the court found this guy guilty of forcible rape, not once, but twice. And there's a lot of depth in this. He's a, a Scientologist, apparently, Danny Masterson, and he is known to be one of the untouchable Scientologist, which means you can't really go after him for things within the Scientology community and that these girls may or may not have attempted to, but were held down by the hierarchy that is within that church. They were pressured uh, not to come forward. A lot of different details coming out, and it is quite the rabbit hole, which, you know, go down and travel down that at your own at your own risk and at your own interest. Uh, but I don't know. I can't see myself doing this for a friend who is charged with forcible rape of two two individuals and could have been three uh, had this woman probably not been a former girlfriend of his. Taylor? Yeah, no, I mean, I the, we asked in the chat if you guys would do it for a child, and that's different. I think that's maybe the only circumstance I could imagine where you would have some leniency or where it'd be more of a question. But yeah, a friend who, you know, I, I can't see my inserting myself between a friend and the justice system, uh, if I know that they're guilty or uh, can be reasonably confident that they're guilty, like why would I wanna be the factor that gets them more leniency just because they're my friend and I'm speaking up for them? It's just a tough thing to do because you know they committed this act uh, sort of behind your back without you knowing and hid this part of themselves from you to some degree and uh, that in and of itself, to me, causes like a little bit of separation to where, okay, well, what you did that has nothing to do with me, I'm not going to interfere with. Yeah, I think there's a massive degree of separation here when you're talking about a supposed friend who did this. And if I was in Ashton Kutcher's shoes or Mila Kunis's shoes, when I'm, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, would you not feel betrayed? That the, by, by the fact that this person did something like this uh, and, you know, had this part of their character showing out and, and abusing other individuals. I mean, the, some of the details of these crimes, as far as what I've seen on the internet, 
are pretty heinous. I mean, we're talking about drugging people against their will, uh, abusing them against their will. Some of the details you can look into, I'm not going to get into on, on this program, but I don't know that I could go and say, you know, this is the guy that I knew. Like he was always a friend to me. He was always good to me when you have this information about what was done outside of it. Now the story gets a lot more interesting because other people start to jump in and have commentary about this. First of all, the internet goes crazy at Ashton Kutcher and uh, at, at Mila Kunis for this. And we all know, or at least some of us know, that Ashton Kutcher is part of an organization known as Thorn. And if you look up Thorn, it's an organization that is against uh, child sex abuse, uh, you know, pornography that's on the internet that is abusing individuals. And he's a, a, a massive uh, influence on this organization, presumably gives a lot of money and works on some of like the software that they create for catching these criminals, which if we keep that on its own side and in its own category, it's a great thing that Ashton Kutcher is doing that. I think that's a wonderful endeavor to take on. This character letter, however, to many, has flown in the face of the work that he has been doing at Thorne. So I'm curious to see where they go with that organization. Is he going to step down as he's sort of been the face of, of this movement and what they've been doing? Or are we going to view this as something that is separate? If I'm being charitable, I, I could see how somebody would go, you know, it was just a character letter. He didn't actually say that he uh, is like calling the victims liars. He's not really saying anything detrimental detrimental to the accusers themselves. He's just backing up the character of his friend. But others are going to say, you know, if you're a part of an organization like this that is supposedly against sexual assault and crime against children and all these different things, then you should not be the one writing a character letter for a friend that has been convicted of a heinous crime like this. And there's room for both. I, I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Now, as the internet does, much more information has come out in the wake of this, and they've sort of gone through and backtracked all uh, through Ashton Kutcher's interviews, things that he said, stuff that he's done while he's working on that 70s show. You all know that he's married to Mila Kunis. Uh, when Mila Kunis was on that 70s show with Ashton Kutcher, with Danny Masterson, she was 14 years old when that show started. Let that sink in 14 years old. Ashton Kutcher, I believe, is five years older than her. There was moments in this show where they kissed, she kissed other leading men in the show, and she's been interviewed discussing her being 14 years old when this was all happening. We're going to get to that video. Here is just sort of a compilation of Ashton Kutcher moments that has now come to light that is circulating on the internet. I'll let you watch it and uh, be the judge. Lizzie McGuire. She also has an album out. Um, she's going to be in a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen. And she's one of the girls that we're all waiting for to turn 18. Along with the Olsen twins. Any 15 year Getting the job and uh, I didn't Working know. With me. Yeah, and she was as hot as she was, you know, come on. This 14. 14, she was even hotter. But I'm not allowed to say that. 14 when we started the show I was like 19 right right and they're like okay you guys are gonna be making out in this scene and I'm like thinking like wait I this is like slightly illegal say, that's right that's probably your first kiss ever right it was my first kiss 
Why so what bet you made with Danny about our first kiss? No, it wasn't the first kiss. <laughs> no, it was like the second or third kiss. It was the first. It was like the first week. No, it was not the first week. Whatever. Let me tell you what All happened. Right, no, let no, me tell no, you. What no, happened. no. Okay, yeah. I've never kissed yeah. a guy. So okay. I was, I was so. I mean, you know, Ash was attractive, and yeah. I was a fourteen-year-old little girl, and I was extremely scared for my life. Sure. And it, he, he was very nice about it. He was like, "Oh, don't worry." So I was like, "Okay." Then Danny goes and goes, "Dude, I'll give you ten dollars if you French kiss her." What would you stick my stick your tongue in my mouth or some? What? No, 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 no. Ten dollars. You're making it sound like it was like really. Uh, it, okay, Dan, we had a little side bet yeah, going. Yeah. Like, Which was? It wasn't very As to whether or not, you know, like you know, you're kissing on the show, or boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. You would use tongue, right, Rosie? I, I mean, you would. You, you so you get the gist there, right? Uh, this is decades ago, of course, but uh, you know, as. I think somebody who uh, can recognize these things, it does give a little bit of the vibe uh, that maybe, maybe Mila Kunis was, was groomed to, to some extent on this show. And you can use that term in a very aggressive way, or you could use that term in a, in a lesser aggressive way. But if you're 14 years old, you're a 14 year old girl on a show with much older guys, Ashton Kutcher being five years older than her, some of the other cast members even older than that. And you're, first of all, the writers and producers of this show are writing in that you go and kiss these grown men. And these grown men on your behalf are making bets as to whether or not they stick their tongue down your throat. I'm concerned. And what is more interesting than that is that when you watch the interview, Mila Kunis is the one who brings it up. And she brings it up very casually, which is exactly what somebody who was groomed to think that this was normal would do, right? But now in retrospect and with hindsight being 2020, we're going back and watching this and going... That does not sound good. That does not sound normal. Now, in this time in Hollywood, it was fairly common to have girls who were underage being in roles and in scenes where they kiss men far older than them. There is a crazy video out there of, I, I believe, a 12-year-old Kirsten Dunst talking about having to kiss a 31-year-old Brad Pitt. On, on a show and in the interview, and I believe that was for the movie, The Interview with a Vampire. If you guys have seen that movie, I've seen that film, it's pretty popular. So this was happening at the time, but it does sort of speak to the character that Ashton Kutcher might have been familiar with having been friends with Danny Masterson. So Danny Masterson, this guy who's now been convicted of two counts of, of, of forcible rape is also the guy that when you were on that 70s show bet you ten dollars to stick your tongue down the throat of a 14 year old Mila Kunis it's not looking good it's not looking like the things that you wrote in your character letter are exactly stacking up to who he actually was as a person and the plot thickens even more and it gets even crazier uh so bear with me now uh, this woman, Chrissy Bixler, she is Jane Doe number three, I, I believe, and was the former girlfriend of Danny Masterson, who has also accused him of sexual assault and rape. She sees that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have written this character letter, and they are not the only ones who have written character letters. Many other people did. I believe uh, allegedly the mother and father uh, actor and actress who played in that 70s show played the mother and father of Eric Foreman in that show. They also wrote character letters uh, as a testament to who the Danny Masterson that they knew was. 
But Chrissy Bixler was particularly upset with Ashton and Mila. She took to Instagram to write this paragraph that I will now read to you that says, Dear Ashton, I know the secrets your role model, in quotes, keeps from you. Ones that would end you. Did you forget I was there? Uh, that you were on speakerphone that night that you called Danny on February 21st, 2001. I heard everything, she says. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. Dear Mila, I pray that you begin to process what you experienced as a child on that set. Your old interviews are very telling. I encourage everyone to watch them and decide for yourself what you hear and see. Do so before they get scrubbed from the internet. I also know what happened in Toronto and after. Question, if that's what you view as a normal relationship with a, quote, big brother figure, end quote, then I feel very sad for you, and I hope you consider getting into therapy. You all must forget that I was there the whole time, those first five years of that 70s show. I remember everything. Now, she's been extremely cryptic in the messages that she's put out on the internet in regard to Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, but of course, the internet sleuths are on it. Now, she references in this paragraph, she says... Did you forget that I was there? You were on speakerphone that night. You called Danny on February 21st, 2001. I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. So people started asking what happened on February 21st, 2001. They went and searched. And in February uh, 21st, 2001, Ashton Kutcher was meant to go on a date with a woman by the name of Ashley Ellerin, who I believe was 22 years old at the time. They had made plans to go out and get drinks. He apparently had gone to the home of Ashley Ellerin and could not get in or uh, could not. She didn't answer the door, essentially, that he'd knocked, touched the, the front door knob. She didn't answer the door. He said that he, he claims that he had peered through the window and that he had seen uh, red wine stains on her carpet, decided, hey, I think she stood me up and he left. That's what he testified in court. And the reason he testified that in court is because Ashley Ellerin was found dead the next morning, having been stabbed to death. Now, a man was convicted of this crime, and he was a seemingly a serial killer. His name is Mark Michael Gargulio, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he killed, apparently, Ashley Ellerin, another woman, and attempted to kill another woman who fought back and got away. Now, people are bringing this up. What was Ashton's involvement? What is Chrissy Bixler talking about when she says... I heard you on speakerphone that night when you called Danny on February 21st, 2001. And alleged, guys, alleged. I don't want to get sued in talking about this story, but there's been speculation on the internet that maybe Ashton Kutcher was able to either see into her apartment or her place, get into her place, and knew that she had been attacked, but did not alert authorities to the attack. And it's being speculated that maybe he, in fact, decided to call his team or to call Danny Masterson and say, hey, dude, I just walked in on this you know, crazy scenario. I don't know what to do. Should I call somebody? And that due to the fact he was having a budding career in, in acting and entertainment, maybe it would be best for him not to be involved in an active murder investigation. All speculation, allegedly. Uh, so... 
things are getting heated. Uh, the rabbit hole is getting deeper and crazier. And in response to all of this heat that they've been getting on the internet, and probably some of the whisperings and mumbles from Chrissy Bixler that are being posted on Instagram, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis decided to respond in about a one minute video. So we're going to watch that. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. We are aware of... There you have it. Uh, that was their one minute response to this. I don't know that people are going to, you know, be moved by what it is that they that they said. Um, if I was their PR agent right now, we'd be working on maybe a, a different approach to how they could uh, talk about this. And it would be probably one of just like we weren't trying to do this or we weren't trying to do this saying we did this. Here's the reason why full accountability for our actions and, you know, taking into account how this looks with my involvement with the organization Thorn, my involvement with Danny Masters, some of these really uh, interesting videos that are now resurfacing. And as far as, you know, Mila's concerned, sometimes when I look at this, obviously she's a grown woman. She's an adult. She's capable of taking into account all of the, you know, intricacies of her situation and making a choice. But when you've been groomed like this, and especially in the, you know, outlet that is Hollywood, I have sympathy for what she has presumably gone through in looking at some of these videos. Like I said, the just sort of casual nature in which she mentions grown men deciding whether or not they essentially assault her in uh, while she's working is concerning uh, at the very, very least. So it's just interesting to see how this is all played out. The info that's coming out, I can't say that this is a decision that I personally would have made. And for, for somebody that you knew to have done something like this, why would you not? I would feel so betrayed to have found this out about somebody who I call a dear friend and even tried to like place myself in the shoes of somebody and go, you know what? What if my best friend, what if my best friend in the whole world was convicted of you know, forcible rape or something like this, and I was asked to give give a character letter, could I do that? And I might have my own personal feelings about the character that I viewed when I was around this person or the, the person that I knew, but I think in large part, it would feel a lot like a death to me, like a, a death of somebody you thought you knew or you maybe had a relationship with, and now you find out all these heinous things about them. And it's one thing to acknowledge this is the person that I thought I knew. It's another to say, like, given the the conviction of this and that, could you please take my view of this person into account in your sentencing? I think that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different ballgame. And do you want to be the person 
who has influenced him, you know, getting five less years on his sentence or whatever the case may be? What if the judge had read this letter from Ashton Kutcher and was like, you know what, instead of 30 years for the rape of these two women and drugging them and assaulting them, let's make it 15. Do you want to be the person who's responsible for that decline in sentence? Personally, not me. I let the justice system do what it does, let the victim say their piece. And what I can only hope is that this points to maybe a larger look at the different systems that are allowing these people to get away with this stuff. Like I said, Scientology has been a through line throughout this entire uh, discussion and throughout this entire trial with Danny Masterson. A lot of members of Scientology are seemingly involved with uh, sweeping this under the rug and not holding him accountable. So that should be looked into. And I fell down a rabbit hole of like all the celebrities that are invested in and are members of the Church of Scientology your minds would be freaking blown. And it's crazy that this is not just like openly talked about. I did not realize how deep-seated the hooks are in Hollywood to this Church of Scientology. Uh, apparently, like, Danny Masterson and some of these people are born into the Church of Scientology. That means decades and decades of, you know, ladders to this hierarchy. And if he is, in fact, one of the untouchable members of the, the Church of Scientology, what exactly does that mean to be an untouchable member? What power structures do they have in place where you could commit an act of forcible rape like this and they'd be able to not have you held accountable? These are questions that I'm asking myself right now. Yeah, there's just so many layers to this. I mean, how do you even start to unravel all of it? And it's just so dark all the way through. We did ask you guys in the chat uh, how many of you would uh, write a character letter for a friend. And it was about 70% of you said no. If you knew that your friend was convicted of something, you would not write a character letter for them. And that changed a little bit when we asked if it would be your son, your child. Uh, that was 50-50 on that one. So uh, interesting how that shakes out. Yeah, I feel like there are certain degrees of separation, which is why I want to like not fully bash them for the decision that they made. I imagine like in the structure of our lives, we have sort of a, a circle of of people and we we lay at the center there and you get these little circles around the center that are the people that you are closest to and people can fall within those different categories and it changes dramatically what you would do for that person given the situation that they're in. I don't know how close of a circle Danny Masterson is in when it comes to Ashton and Mila and when it comes to the information that Chrissy Bixler has posted or alluded to on Instagram in regard to the murder of Ashley Ellerin, some of the things that happened on the set of that 70s show, which could be possibly criminal or at the very least distasteful. Maybe this guy has a lot and a lot of information on, on Ashton Kutcher and the inner workings of his life and has seen a lot of things that he's done, uh, allegedly, and has that information. And in that case, if, if they know all that, would you be driven to write a character letter for that person? You might be forced given the nature of your career and everything that's going on. But that's all speculation. I, I don't know what the what the truth is there. But if Chrissy Bixler is claiming to know all these things about what happened on February 21st of 2001, 
than Danny Masterson does too. But the guy got 30 years, okay? He went through the court system, despite the character letters and all this stuff and all these people trying to come and talk about what a great person he was to them, he got 30 years. And that's how the justice system played out. We all know it's innocent until proven guilty. And he went through this, this course of action and was apparently proven guilty. So that's that. We'll see if Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis's careers uh, survive in the wake of this. You all know that uh, Mila Kunis was quite vocal during the hashtag Time's Up movement. So this action is kind of flying in the face of those words and those statements. So we'll see how that pans out. I think there's going to be an, uh, an accountability tour that they're going to have to go on for this one. Now, guys, we're going to move on. Where do you on. think this leaves them? Just real quick. Where do you think yeah. this leaves them as far as like, or what what should happen to them? Like, are they justifiably being put in the hot seat? Should, do they need to come out and give more uh, of an apology or take more ownership over this? Or should they be canceled and, you know, take it away from further roles? I'm curious to see like what level of recourse you think that they deserve. Right. Yeah. I don't know that I think that they should be like canceled or they shouldn't be in movies anymore. They shouldn't have livelihoods or anything like that. I'm, I'm always just like, let people be free to like gauge your reaction or whatever. They should still be able to like lead their lives after this. I, I it would be interesting to see them grapple with the decision that they made and sort of be honest about why they made that decision. Can they, though? Like we said, we went through a lot of in possibly very interesting information to where you're probably not going to get full accountability on this one. I don't care either way, really. What's done is done. The, the letter's out, the video's out, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I just think what mainly people want is them to grapple with what that letter could have done uh, towards these victims and how it does kind of it does kind of lessen the impact of what this man has actually done to these two, three, three women, if you're counting Chrissy Bixler. So I, I don't know if to me, you know, nothing's going to change my life if they come out and apologize and say, oh, well, we, we want to like take full accountability for our actions here. I would just go, OK, cool. You, you heard people, and in this case, maybe some accountability is necessary, uh, but my life goes on. Right. I, I can't help but think of uh, Dave Portnoy and just the way that anytime you know, he's like, I have nothing to hide. Like they found his sex tape. They have, he, he's had all kinds of accusations and scandals come at him. And he's always just like goes on Twitter live or whatever and has an, a, what he calls an emergency press conference and just like gives you the tea from his perspective and doesn't hold back. And it's not this like very polished sort of lawyered up language and because when you have that it's like you're i get that it's it's testy and and there's legal stuff involved so you have to be very careful with your words and such but sometimes it's like man if you want if you want people on your side if you want the public on your side just be like level with everybody and say hey look here's here's everything that happened i'm being real with you guys and i think at least from a popular support standpoint uh that would go over better yeah in this video that they put out it didn't seem like there was much accountability it was just like a we didn't mean to we didn't mean we didn't mean we didn't mean okay we get what you didn't mean to do but what did you do right what did you do when you wrote this letter about his character but of course you know when you're enmeshed in a world like this and with a guy like this, I really, I mean, you guys can agree or disagree with me on this one. And I think for the most part, you'll agree. You are in part the company that you keep. So if they're keeping the company of a, of a Danny Masterson, what bad and negative parts of his character are they taking on from him without realizing that they are bad and negative parts of, of his character? 
you have to do kind of the shadow work and the workshopping on that within your own self to, you know, dig into your self-awareness and figure out where you could have been negatively impacted. We all just watched a video where Danny Masterson told Ashton Kutcher, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks to shove your tongue down the throat of a 14-year-old. I can speculate as to where they might have been negatively impacted by his character, but that's work that they have to do on their own. And it might be something you never realize. Sometimes you have rose-colored glasses over a person and they can do the most heinous thing imaginable and it will never, it will never uh, set in your heart that that's what's happened because you've decided to just like deny what, what, is, what is right in front of you. But I digress. We'll see. Yeah, there was, there was definitely some smoke there. But to your point, just what you said a second ago, like you would think that what they would be doing now and over the past few years since all this has, has come up is to distance themselves as much as possible uh, from Danny Masterson and kind of say this, I can't believe, I mean, I'm sure they've made statements to that, to the effect that like, I can't believe this happened and stuff, but to, to write a letter like this is doing the opposite. Instead of placing, you know, uh, distance between you and him, you're kind of narrowing that gap and, and approaching him. And then that just creates questions of like, why? Yeah. And then it's like, okay. I, and I get uh, these victims, I guess, took, took a while to get to the court system. Uh, but when you factor in the Scientology stuff and the hierarchy and the, the oppression of their, their speech and being able to, to come forward and talk about this, I don't know the inner, inner workings. The two other women who have gotten their convictions here are still Jane Doe's. So who even knows uh, what was going on there? But We'll keep up and see if Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis come forward, if they're, if his role is going to shift to that organization, Thorn. I do like to think that his work that he's done on like sex trafficking and, uh, you know, child pornography and all of this stuff stands on its own. And, and that is still a very wonderful thing to be funding and working on in society. I don't think all of that should be trashed because of this character letter, because there's there's nuance in this conversation. But we'll see. I, I can't imagine that the organization will keep him on in the wake of this just because it's a PR nightmare. Now, let's get into another discussion. Have you guys heard of this brick girl thing? She's the, the famous slash infamous brick girl that has gone viral on the internet. I'm going to show you the video uh, that precipitated this discussion. Warning for, for language and uh, talk of violence. Plus, she looks pretty roughed up in this video. Let's check it out. Have I ever done to anybody in my life to deserve this? I never did anything in my life to hurt anybody. Literally, a man asked me for my number. I said no, and he he picked up a brick in front of so many men and was like, "What are you gonna do?" And I told all these men, like, "Yo, why is this man got a brick on my face?" And he's He's holding a brick, and all these niggas is watching, and nobody does nothing. And he hits me in my face, and then they all just watch, and they let that nigga get in the car. How is this okay? This is what y'all doing to women? <laughs> okay, so that's the video. That, that got millions and millions of views. It went crazy, and it sparked a very massive discussion about... Uh, you know, male violence, this idea that when a man asks for your number, you should like give him a fake number or give him your real number just to not have to deal with a possible violent reaction in the wake of this. And there are real valid discussions to have about this. I think I have I, I've I've heard stories of of 
women having really strange encounters with men when they ask for their number and them getting aggressive. I've personally had it happen to me where a man has asked for my number and like, even if you, you try to give them a fake number, they will call your number right then and there and be like, is your phone ringing? Is your phone ringing? I, I want your number, you know? And these are objectively bad men. They're like bad individuals, not good to be around. It's creepy. It's weird. It's not okay. And this act that was committed against her, as you can see, that's an act of attempted murder. Like, I, I just want to make that abundantly clear. This is attempted murder. So just always keep that uh, in in. In your mind here, because people have been, you know, sort making much lighter of this, saying, uh, "Ha ha, she was hit in the head with a brick, this and that." Um, this is a murder attempt on her life. More information has come out now. People have accused her of being particularly aggressive with the individual who did end up hitting her, saying that she was particularly aggressive with other people throughout the night, and that she is in fact somebody who does look for trouble. Other internet receipts came up of her. We'll show one here. This is her, I think, in a staged video, possibly. I can't tell. Slapping a man in the face. So that kind of shows you a little bit of like of, of what she's like. There also is this video of her having apparently another incident where she's saying people attacked her or tried to fight her. You grew up and they mad because you trying to be somebody. They mad because you trying to be somebody. I'm trying to be a doctor and they mad. Look what they did to me. Look what they did to me for no reason. They don't beat me up. I'm 30 years old. They don't beat me up. Okay, so you're getting a little bit of a painted picture here that maybe this woman is often placing herself in less than ideal situations and then dealing with the repercussions of those less than ideal situations. Nonetheless, she was hit in the face with a brick, which is absolutely insane. I can't think of something that somebody could do uh, to warrant being hit in the face with a brick outside of physically attacking somebody in a way that they felt the need to act in self-defense. That would be the only situation that I could think of that would really warrant hitting a woman in the head with a brick and especially as a man. But during the video, she claims that a ton of men were around, they saw this situation playing out, and nobody came to her protection. These men did not step in, they didn't do anything, they didn't say that we as men need to protect women in our society. And a hot debate has started on the internet as to whether or not that is something that is reasonable to think about as a woman. Should we as women expect that the men around us in our society are going to protect us in any way, shape, or form when we are in an incident that may warrant protection? I, in my idealistic, utopic mind, and when I think about maybe uh, humans of the past and men of the past and the society of the past, men probably would have stepped in to, to stop this situation. Good men would have stepped in to stop this, this situation. Are they obligated to, is the question. No. They are in no way, shape, or form obligated to step in uh, to the defense of somebody who they do not know in a situation that could get them a brick in the face, which I'll remind you is attempted murder. Uh, you know, she could have died. Multiple people could have died in this scenario. But women are coming back, back and saying, 
we can't trust you. Men are disgusting. They don't protect you. They don't do this. They don't do that. And yet they still like want women. They still want to be around us. And now women are giving the inverse argument and particularly the more left-leaning feminist progressive women are saying that if men do not owe us protection in situations like this, then we do not owe them kindness. We do not owe them chivalry and we do not owe them any respect in return. And to that, you know, I, I think about it and I, and when I really like dig deep, <laughs> you know, philosophically, you do not owe a stranger anything, really. We owe to those that we build relationships with. We owe to our children, to our families, to our significant others, things like that. Our friends, uh, this is when you've sort of entered an, an, an unspoken contract of care with an individual. You technically do not owe a stranger on the street kindness. You certainly do not owe them protection. But in my view, kindness is free right? Niceness is free. Uh, respect in many ways is free and comes at very little cost to you as a person. And in fact, probably reduces your risk of getting into an incident like this young woman by the name of Rhoda has found herself in. Protection is not necessarily free, right? If I'm a man who intervenes in this situation and I get a brick to the face, I'm concussed, I get a brain bleed and I go and die, it's not exactly as free as, you know, being kind to uh, an individual. And while I, I would hope that we live in a society where men would step up and do something, I'm not going to feel as though they're obligated. And especially with some of the background of maybe this woman being an agitator in some ways, there is a little bit of a fuck around and find out element to uh, this video, even though, as I said before, it's attempted murder. I do not warrant anybody being hit with a brick in any instance. Now, like I said, this debate is going back and forth. People are saying the men should have stepped up. They should have done something. She should have never been in the situation uh, where men did not come to her protection. Other women are saying she should have never placed herself in the position to be around men like this and to, uh, you know, get in an altercation with somebody. And this is a video that went viral on TikTok that people were pissed about of uh, a young black woman talking about this situation. Let's watch. Oh, let me get you sound on that so you can hear it. But essentially, she comes forward and has an analogy that she wants to talk about with the audience and is talking about this idea of being a bodyguard and what it means when men are bodyguards. Let's see if we have sound now. In regards to black women not being protected, let me first state the obvious. No man should put his hands on a woman. We desire protection, but sometimes what we don't understand is that true protection comes with a level of control. Bodyguards are a good example. A bodyguard will make their client leave from a dangerous place. The bodyguard has to know all the details, who, what, when, where, why, and how. And the client has to listen to the bodyguard and follow the instruction that the bodyguard gives them. It's really an agreement between all parties involved. When the person who needs protecting does not follow the instruction and the direction of the protector, it puts the protector in a situation where they're more likely to lose their life. I have four brothers and a father and I listen to their instruction even when they're not around. They have told me to stay away from certain places if I'm by myself or if it's late at night. They've also advised me not to be drunk or high in certain situations. Even though my brothers, my dad, and the men in my life protect me, I in turn protect them by listening to them and following their instruction. 
they don't have to come to my defense in some wild scenario because if I listened to them, I wouldn't have been there in the first place. And this is another thing I feel like is pertinent to say, and I know folks ain't gonna like this one. I don't have sons right now, but when I do have sons, I'm gonna teach them that there's a difference between diamonds and dirt and rubies and rocks. Rubies and diamonds are often in jewelry stores. They're in glass cases, they're secured, there's an alarm system. There's a lot of layers of protection because those things are valuable. But you could pull over to the side of the road and find some dirt and rocks. Expecting a man to risk his well-being, his future, and his life on someone who does not see value in themselves or the man is asinine. That's a very asinine thing to ask. All I'm saying is protection comes with a little bit of sacrifice. It comes with a little bit of control. And me personally, I feel that what I have to sacrifice and the amount of control I have to give up is 100% worth it to receive the protection that I've been getting my whole life. Oh, hey, simple as that. I, I thought very well said, you know, eloquent. She got straight to the point. She gave a good analogy as to how this would work in the real world. But the internet was bashing her like crazy. How dare you say that? How dare, you know, your brother and your father try to police your actions rather than policing the actions of criminal men who would be, you know, willing to abuse you or hit you with a brick or all these different things or whatever. And... Luckily, she clapped back and said, I'm sorry that you feel that way or whatever, and you feel like my dad and brother need to go police other men or that I need to go police other men, but I'm living in the real world, right? We all know that ideally we clean the streets of men who are going to do harm, right? Uh, and we get rid of the, the people who are going to hit you with a brick before they have the chance to do it. But when you live in reality, right, we recognize that there are situations that are less than ideal for you to be in, and especially as a woman. And you should do your best to stay away from those situations so you do not land yourself in the position of having, you know, a, a murder attempt against you. Now, some may argue this was totally unavoidable and that, you know, we as women shouldn't have to worry all the time about where we go or being out late at night or having protection with us. But we also must live in reality. Like, I'm just going to be a, real, a realist with you. There's a reason that your father and brother would tell you, don't be drunk or high in this or that situation. Don't go hanging around with like groups of random men who you do not know. You do not know their character. You do not know how they're going to react to you. And just necessarily, you know, don't be an agitator in, in these situations. And when you do those things, your risk factor as far as something like this happening to you it's probably gonna go way down. Now, of course it could still happen and we have like the outliers and, and you know, horrible stuff happens to people who are always trying to put themselves in the best situation. But again, your risk factor is going to go down. Like, why do you, do you wanna place yourself into the position where men have to come in and protect you and risk their own lives to do that? Place yourself in good situations with good people and hopefully these things don't happen to you. Now, the risk doesn't totally go away, again, because we live in the real world. But having that situational awareness and knowing, you know, maybe this is not a safe place for me to be right now. I need to go is, is the, probably the best position that you could be in as a human being. And that's not to blame her, this woman for getting hit. It's not to do anything like that. It's just to say, be mindful of your surroundings and be mindful of whether or not you have protection in a certain situation. Ask yourself, if something goes down right now, is there somebody here who's gonna take care of me? And if the answer is no, 
maybe we need to move elsewhere. Maybe we need to graze elsewhere. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side, in fact. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, the same logic, I guess, would apply. It's like if you're going to a bad part of town, maybe don't take a walk in a dark alley with a bunch of expensive jewelry on or don't park your car outside with a, a brand new MacBook Pro in the back seat. Like it's just basically common sense and, and simple probabilities. Now, in an ideal world, there's no criminals roaming the streets who are going to try to rob you of your jewelry or break into your car. But we don't live in utopia, to your point. And, and we live in reality. And reality is rife with people who don't act in the prescribed manner. And so we have to prepare for that and be you know wise people who go about life in a fashion that is prepared and minimizes the risk of uh, harm or you know loss that is needless if you just take you know some some simple steps so it feels like we're you know it's, it, i don't know this is like a preschool lesson it's uh, to some degree uh but it, it's tough and then t the other factor in this i mean we asked you guys did the men around her have an obligation to intervene in this situation it looked like 56% of you said no, uh, the men did not have an obligation, and 43% said yes. And when I think about this as a man, if I'm if I'm there and I see a woman provoking another man, um, and I see him reach for a brick and I can prevent him from hitting her on the head with a brick, okay, I'm probably going to intervene at that point. Right. But generally speaking, like, am I going to risk myself or... Uh, you know, be feel very inclined to intervene, less inclined to intervene if I see a woman who's being very provocative as opposed to someone who's just innocently going about their business and being harassed. Like if someone's being harassed uh, and not being provocative in any way, then yeah, I feel like I have an obligation to confront that that aggressor uh, in in public. And then the, like what we were talking about before, the closer that person is to me, if that's my wife and someone's trying to be aggressive towards her, like I'm going to throw hands much quicker uh, than if it's someone I don't know. And then especially if it's someone I don't know, who's also uh, provoking it in some way. So it's yeah. a little bit of a sliding scale. Now, does that ever justify that that person suffering violence? No, of course not. But uh, we can be adults here and manage it. And I did see one last thing. A lot of you guys in the chat were saying that this uh, whole situation has been proven to be a hoax. And I did search around and all I found was that uh, no police report has been filed about this. Uh, we did show the video where uh, it's been resurfaced from a several years ago where a similar situation happened. And this woman had allegedly had a right. GoFundMe uh, attached to her. So that's that's all that, you know, if there's evidence that it's a hoax, then that that's it that i've seen but if you guys have more drop it in the chat we'll look at it um but anyway it, it opens up an interesting conversation to say the least yeah i've heard some multiple people say well she's she started different gofundmes for different things that have happened to her in different ways that she's been victimized and one person did post uh the presumably the doctor's note from when she went to the er and saw them for this like impact that she had to her face who knows what the ins and outs of the situation. But if we're just assuming that this is true and having the discussion about whether or not men should protect, I would hope that like a group of men would step up and if there was a group of men present when this happened and do something about it. But again, would I expect that to happen? Probably not. I think gone are the days where that is the expectation from from men. And we can talk about the reasons why those days are gone. But uh, nonetheless, I think gone are the days. Now, we wanted to talk about some good news today and just sprinkle in a little. Desperately need some levity here. Yeah, yeah. yeah we wanted to just sprinkle 
there we go. Some good news onto the show today. Uh, Novak Djokovic, who we've spoken about on this program many a time, he is a very, you know, world-famous tennis player, and he stopped playing or essentially was forced to stop playing for quite some time when the whole jab mandate thing happened and you know a little virus came and and swept through the world and created all of these mandates Novak Djokovic said you know what I'm not going to get the jab that you're asking me to get and I'm going to you know continue to live my life I'm not going to listen to what you say and they were like ah well you can't play anymore also you can't come to the U.S. which means you can't compete in the U.S. Open which We speculated he would have won, right, as he is probably the greatest male tennis player of our time right now. Now he's returned to the U.S. after two years of of not being able to be here, played in the U.S. Open. He won the U.S. Open, which is just just, uh, amazing. What What a moment for him. And then... He won this whole, like, I guess, shot of the the day challenge, which we we all know how ironic it is that the guy who didn't get the shot won the shot of the day. Here is the clip. Let's watch it. Uh, Oh, boy. Well, we'll take you to the the dirtiest shot of the day, and it was... Save the match point. point. Oh, the match point to get to number 24. Hold on. Let's just pause on that for a second. Novak Djokovic wins the shot of the day, sponsored by Moderna. (laughs) Oh, man. He loves irony, as they say. Yeah, you literally can't make this shit up. You cannot make this up after all this time. And he's fighting so hard and he's saying, I'm not going to get the shot and I'm going to continue. He comes back and he comes back better. He wins the U.S. Open and then he wins the shot of the day, sponsored by Moderna. I bet he loves that it's sponsored by Moderna too. By the way, like, yeah, you know, maybe he does feel so that way. Delicious for him. Yeah, maybe he's just like, you know, uh, I have come back and I've come back, you know, ten times as hard as they thought I was going to do, and they didn't hold him back whatsoever in in stopping him from being able to compete. That's the wonderful thing uh, that at least he was able to come back within the the same bounds of athleticism and and prove himself once again. So shout out. I was a, I was always a Federer fan, but uh, Novak won me over over COVID because of his refusal. I mean, Federer's kind of you know he he retired recently, and but uh, Federer, I mean, but Novak, it's like not being willing to get the vaccine no matter what, and this the stance that he took on that, just holding true to his convictions, made me kind of like I used to hate him, and now and then I I really decided I like him, and uh, I'm almost upset still on his behalf though that he wasn't able to compete at the last couple of U.S. Opens because he is the now solidified as the greatest tennis player of all time. He could easily have won both of the last two years at the U.S. Open and have 26 titles. And I think the right. next closest person is Rafael Nadal uh, with 22. So Novak's at 24. He had like a little tribute to Kobe Bryant for 24, which was cool. That was his number um, after. So I'm, I'm very happy for him, but I'm still mad that those other two are still on the table. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he can stick around and, you know, rack up some more some more titles for the two years that he lost. That really does suck when you think about it. That That's the crazy thing about just like, all of the stuff that happened with athletes, you don't really get that time back as an athlete. Like these are your prime years where you exactly. are are competing and oh my gosh. And and he's on the the older end of things, right? 
Oh yeah, he's like 36 now, I think. Yeah, so to be he's on the older close. end of like your window of playing this sport and to be cut off sucks, especially when like with young athletes too, like imagine that, like the the Coco Goffs of the world or whatever being stopped from being able to play all over, you know, mandates and stuff like this when they are at peak health, peak performance and peak athleticism really sucks, but at least we got the good news of him winning the U.S. Open and winning that Moderna shot of the day. (laughs) No. So suck on that, all the people who instituted all these mandates and didn't let him in the country for the last two years. Yeah, for real. Not like they even care because they're never going to be held accountable, right? There's no accountability train for this stupid stuff that happened uh, over, over, you know, 2021 and, and 2020. So they're, they're probably not even circling back to take responsibility for what's happened there. Nonetheless, guys, uh, we're going to get into super chats. Let's do that today. Right. I've got a new bubble around my head. Yes. Uh, so Taylor's appearing in this room right yeah. now, <laughs> which <laughs> I hope you guys doing a great job on the boards. We've got yes. some sound effects going, some switching, some borders. I don't know. It's uh DJ Amala over here. I just like to say, uh, we are absolutely killing it right now. We are we are killing it on the show, uh, guys. Let me know how you feel about the set. Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? If you hate it, just don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, we worked very hard. On it. Yes, well, mostly Amala did. I was remote. Taylor literally like built his set out today. So <laughs> yeah, I was like hanging things right before y'all tuned in, but yeah. don't look too closely. Yeah. Um, anyways. ZH is our first super chat of this new auspicious era. Thank you, ZH. He says, excited for this next chapter, Amala. Can we get some music-centered episodes? Got to hear more of that voice of yours. Maybe. Maybe I'll do some music streams. I know I do Music Mondays on Instagram, so maybe we can bring that to YouTube if that's what you guys, if you guys want that, if you're down for that. Maybe we'll do it one night on YouTube. We'll do a fun little event. (laughs) We're working on, too, getting a little beat to play beneath the uh, Super Chat time, so it's a little more... Yeah. You know, just ease you guys through it. I guess uh, I could play my little, uh, our little intro song while we're doing this today. We have it? We have it? Yeah. Let's just, like, blast. Yeah, let me... Let, let's get this prepped up while you Levels. get your Super Chats on. There we go. Okay. There we go. Don't tell us if that's too loud, but... Uh, <laughs> vibey. Put that on repeat. All right. 1800 Young Trash says, congratulations on your new venture. But now that you're independent, can you do a Brett Cooper collab? <laughs> Guys, one of these days, maybe one of these days we'll have the Brett Cooper collab. We're never going to shake that. We're never going to shake it until it happens, I, I think. <laughs> it's it's bound to happen at some point, guys. Hold, just just be patient. You've been so patient. You have. Uh, Alex Centeas says, hey there, gang. Love the new set. Just want to say, never forget 9-11. Sadly, I do think us as a country have forgotten it's a horrendous day. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like I, I've seen, uh, maybe it's just the space that I'm in. I feel like I've seen a lot of, of talk about it in moments of silence, which I think is a beautiful thing. I saw these four firefighters this morning in a video that were doing uh, 125 floors, and they put on all their gear and uh, hit, hit the Stairmaster. So just to... I guess, have a sense of connection to what that day was like for for firefighters and first responders of the time. So, yeah, I mean, actually, maybe we should. Let's do a let's do a quick little moment of silence, guys, for those whose lives were lost in 9-11. I always think it's important to have a moment of of reflection and 
silence is a very powerful thing. I think when we do shows like this, very seldom do we ever just have silence to just sit and think about things. And maybe today is a good day to do exactly that. A little bit of reflection. Yeah. No, I got chills just in those few seconds. And you're you're right. I was getting on. I waking up this morning, I grabbed my phone as we should not be doing, but I did. (laughs) And I got on TikTok. But on a TikTok live stream, they had um, the streaming of this like commemorate commemorative event in new york city where they were reading the names of all the victims out loud at the uh world trade center memorial there mm-hmm. and uh and it was family members who were reading the names of their loved ones and just kind of describing you know and just saying their piece to them and saying you know hey i, I never it's children who's like i never got to know you uncle keith but you know um my parents told me all about you and you know it's just it's, it's just it brings it home you know it wasn't mm-hmm. it's not just a number it's not just this you know conspiracy theory or whatever like there's that was real. And uh, anyways, so I had my right. own little sobering moment today. Mm. But thank you for that super shout out. Sure. Yep. Uh, Mason says, I don't get where people get the ideas of 9-11 being an inside job because it makes no sense. I haven't really looked into all of the, the theories surrounding that. Um, but many are convinced. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe a deep dive for another time. Conspiracy theories in general, like when you reason from a foregone conclusion, it's easy to construct a narrative that's very persuasive i will mm-hmm. say that um and especially when there's like a lot of ambiguity or missing information and such so uh you know i can't i guess i it's bound to happen about the conspiracy theories but i just don't like when it extends into like disrespecting the, the victims and stuff like that right um Bree says just wanted to show some support on the new journey so glad to see taylor still here as well yeah wouldn't it be the same without the both of you together we had to have we taylor yeah we out here <laughs> i'm glad you guys are enjoying the the new vibe of the show <laughs> yeah, we haven't screwed it up too bad yet our sound went out one time that was it so we're almost glitch free which is literally at least that was happening on the old show as well our sound yep. and our video was going out on the old show and now we just have sound so <laughs> i think i can swap out the cord and that problem's going to be solved <laughs> Bam. Yep. uh K- catalin birch says love listening to y'all's show thank you Kate. caitlin must be caitlin i'm sorry caitlin. thank you k-a-t-e-l-a-n appreciate it thank you so much thanks Nicodemus1984 says, just a little support. Great job as usual. Nice setup. Very warm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we were trying to go for just like a homey, cozy, cozy vibe here. Maybe we'll play some records later. We chillin'. Uh, Doge Swiss says, didn't Miss Cabbage, the leader of this cult of Scientology, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't his wife disappear? By the way, what do you think of anime and manga? Um, okay. Uh, I was that I forget what her name was. It's the one that Leah Ramini is talking about when she's doing her her talks about Scientology. Is her name Shelly? I think it's Shelly who they're talking about a Sounds woman right. who's disappeared uh, out of out of Scientology. I don't know the inner workings of that. I would hope that there would be a full scale investigation into what happened to her and maybe dredge that back up again, given the nature of what's happening within that church. Uh, as far as your question about anime and manga. I like Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki. So that's anime that I love. I've also seen Death Note, uh, but not really anything else, to be honest. TBH. Is it manga or manga? I don't even know. I don't know. You said manga. I said okay. I, I, I say it different ways, different times. <laughs> How do you guys pronounce it? Let us know in the chat. Yeah, let us know down uh, below. Mason Pyle says, hey, Taylor, how about them Vikings on Sunday? Dude. 
you know, Were you, they... you look forward all off season to uh, <laughs> coming back. It's finally football season again. You're all excited. I listened to so many hours of podcasts about re- the roster and trades and new defensive coordinator and all these things. And we just come out and lay an egg. We, we outplayed them uh, yesterday, but still did not get the W because of some fluky plays. But, you know, can't let that happen. So thanks for rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> LSU Tigers also lost their season opener this oh, year. My no. college team. Tragikistan. Uh, was very much hyped up this year. So I'm Hi. just, you know, very buzzkill when you look forward to the season starting. But anyways. It's manga, by uh, the way. Everybody's saying manga. Hmm. Manga. The more you know. Okay. The more, more you, know. you know. So I was saying, I was saying anime and manga, and so now it's, it's anime, anime and manga. manga. <laughs> <laughs> Switch them up. Uh, okay. Uh, Satma dude says, I see you're a vinyl collector. I have one as well, and recently bought a pressing of Sticky Fingers by the Stones. What's your best buy? Oh my gosh, my best buy is going to be anything that's musical theater related. I found uh, there's an old movie. Uh, I forget when it came out. 1960s, I believe, starring Julie Andrews called Thoroughly Modern Millie, and it was also made into a musical, but I have a Thoroughly Modern Millie uh, record. I also have one that's a collection of some of the best work of Stephen Sondheim, who is a really great uh, musical writer, uh, and those are my my cherished records right now, but a lot of musical theater stuff. I also have some some Paul Simon, some Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh, I'm, I want to get some Fleetwood Mac there's a lot of different stuff. That that thing is going to be full in no time because there's a record store very close to where I stay, and I'm going to be hanging out there quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say you want to be featuring different uh, albums over the coming yes, weeks? Yes, right now our person? feature album is Gigi, uh, which we've talked about on this show before, also a very old-school musical about a girl by the name of Gigi, and you can check that out. I love that movie. And I just love old movies in general. Also, my grandmother's favorite film is is Gone with the Wind. So I also have a Gone with the Wind record that is near and dear to my heart. That is like the whole soundtrack slash score to that to that film. So yeah. So there you go. Almost almost making me a little bit more. I'm trying to up, up my musical theater appreciation <laughs> game. Um, my wife put on. Uh, Sweeney Todd, the Johnny Depp movie. A while Love back. that. And I was like, well, cool. It's all the cast of Harry Potter reunited. And I didn't know this existed, but I actually enjoyed it. Even the musical parts. Usually I like my eyes glaze over and I'm like, I don't know. I just have that boyish, like, this is gay. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm growing up and liking a little bit more, I guess. So Sweeney Todd is live on Broadway right now. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to take a trip to New York. <laughs> Hit it up. Let's do it. Uh, MZ's said, Amla, I missed the Ghibli poster in the background. Think Taylor needs one as well. Guys, it's l- legit just in my car. I need to like bring it up and put it somewhere. Now, I don't know where I'm going to put it on this set. Hold on. Let me look. There's scene two. I, I could maybe make it part of the photo wall. So that is a possibility. I can put it somewhere. I'll find a place. She will find a home. We'll find out. Um, Alex again says it's because of feminism that women think they are equal. Therefore, I will not protect some woke feminist slash random women who is independent. But if she's Asian or Latina, I'll consider it. Oh. What? What the heck? You have ra- racial bias and who you're going to protect? That's very interesting. Why is it if they're Asian or Latina, you'll consider it? Did he say why? 
I mean, I know that Alex is partial to the Asian and Latina women, persuasion. So, the Asian yeah, persuasion. Got, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you know what? Uh, to each their own, I guess. I can't tell you who to protect so I guess and who if you're not. Gonna like risk your neck for a damsel in distress. You might as you know you, you might as well make sure it's someone that it's you're, you'd be into. Okay. You know what? Uh, Whatever. Getting a little away from that principle of chivalry, <laughs> that, you know, but it's fine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Ilaria Marteo says, hello, I'm Italian, so forgive me for my bad English. Liberal feminists don't want men's protection until they need protection, and they think that a man must protect men no matter the consequence. Yeah, it's interesting. And that idea that she talks about in the video of, like, protect often comes with at least some bit of control is very, very true And like, telling you where you should be, what's the right situation, how to handle certain situations. And a lot of modern women don't want that. Uh, does it warrant them being in a situation like this girl? Of course not. Uh, that whoever did that to her should be in jail, of course, uh, and for quite some time. But these are all things we have to think about. Imagination Junkie says, when I was in college, a friend of mine kidnapped, raped, and murdered a young woman. I oh. could not have written a character letter for him. It made me see every interaction I ever had with him in a more sinister light. Right. I feel like, like I said, to me, it would feel like a death of an individual or like an actual horror movie and going back and thinking about this. And that's crazy that that happened to you personally. Like, I can't even imagine what that would be like in my life. Can't even step in the shoes of a person like that in to even think how i would react to something of that nature that is insane yeah. um tectonics says wanted to congratulate you on your new setup and your new gig uh oh. best of luck to you guys and the channel love your content keep it up thank you really appreciate your well wishes guys aj says hey amala and cam uh, i'm not cam i'm taylor but, you know. <laughs> We, we love Ken. It's close enough for government work. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, <laughs> I'm 26 and single. Even some conservative men, you can go on a date or two. If you don't want to sleep with him and explain your values, they ghost you. A lot of them don't even give you a chance. Any advice? Well, I would just imagine that they're not real conservative like they're they're actually not living by their own values my advice would be continue what you're doing continue to not do anything like that until multiple you know dates down the line whenever you feel like you're actually with the right person even if you whatever the timeline is for you personally stick to it uh and they will continue to expose themselves i there's an interesting thing that like my boyfriend and I were talking about and he's like vulnerability is a really important thing like it's important to be real with people to be real about your values to be real about where you're at in life because those who want to exploit your vulnerability they're going to be like that and they're going to do it uh so show them your vulnerability but be ready for the moment when they do take advantage of it to go ah, ah nope on to the next and and leave them behind because Snakes are going to be snakes, guys. They can only hide their nature for so long before they feel the need to bite you. So be real with these men up front and forward about it. And if they decide to like betray the things that you're asking, on to the next. And it takes a while. Like you got to go through trials and tribulations to find the, the person who respects you. It's not easy, but it is rewarding. Yeah. And that season of dating, I mean, as much as we talk about it as this like, you know, fun sort of whimsical thing, like there is an element of it that is all about character testing and this i feel like a lot of times people are just stay in the comfort zone of a relationship where you're only ever like just doing the like 
you know, the, the shallower stuff together, which is fine. There's place for that. But mm-hmm. eventually you got to get the rubber meet the road and like take that risk to let that per- give that a person an opportunity to show their true colors. And you'll either uh, be disappointed and then you'll have to make the difficult decision to push them away or, you know, they lower down on the trust or you'll you, you'll feel safe to open up to them that much more. And that's that's difficult to do a lot of times because you're like, oh, no, well, I hope they if they don't respond in the way that I hope they do, I'm not prepared to face that. Mm-hmm. But you got to have the courage to, you know, uh, take that risk and because that's you need to go know one way or the other or else you're just going to keep hovering in an unsatisfying thing. Anyways, saves you so much over. time too. You'd be like, yeah. boom, onto the next, boom, onto the next, boom, onto the next. And if you develop that like priority list of things that you're looking for and they're not meeting it, boom, 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 just knock them out and you know, you'll find your your guy, hopefully. Sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle. Uh, Alfredo Ortiz says, uh, Amala, I promise Amala, and then she's he's quoting you here. Mm-hmm. I promise we will have a Brett Cooper Pooh Cooper collab soon. Just be patient also amala not yet guys we need more time I <laughs> did like i say it was going to be soon when did i say it was going to be soon i don't know i don't remember ever saying that guys i think and also soon is a very broad term yeah what does soon mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm I've 23 soon could be soon my whole life yeah <laughs> <laughs> soon could be any time i don't remember saying that we are not in talks of a brett cooper collab at at the moment guys <laughs> but it could happen soon uh, Angie says, I was about to mail you to something to the PragerU address, but then you announced the change. Is there another place I should mail it? Do we, have a, we don't have a PO yet? box yet. Maybe I, I can I can work on that. I'll get a set a PO box set up if that's what you guys want. Also, we got a hundred dollar super chat that we're gonna have to read oh. immediately here that says homeless veteran here, keep up the fight. I no longer see Western females as anything as anything anymore, I'm homeless. I see bad stuff happen to the ones in the streets and I literally feel nothing. It's just a happening, like part of the environment, just noise, nothing more. That's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that it's been like a desensitization to to what's been been happening. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about that, but Western females in particular, you say, it's kind of sad. Oh, I think we need to turn around. Yeah. That shouldn't feel normal. Sounds so unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that also. I yeah. Mean, thank you for the generous super chat, but I feel like maybe you could have used that better than us. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry. But, you know, we appreciate it. And hopefully your the desensitization is alleviated. And hopefully the show and being a part of our community can awaken some something. Yeah. Um. Angie, I just read that one. Monica Leah says, congratulations on becoming an independent streamer. This is oh. for sponsoring decorations of the new studio. <laughs> Thank you. Does yeah. You don't like it? You, does you need to change it now? <laughs> That'd be funny if that's what it, if that's what that meant. Maybe we'll do like uh, when the holidays come around, we'll do like our Halloween decorations like we used to do on the other sets. And I we have to pick a Halloween costume for this year. Last year, I did Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas and painted my entire face and body blue. Uh, so we're going to have to maybe I'll let you guys vote on what character we do this year. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh let's see maggie Catherine says happy to be here for your first live on the set love how it looks miss the goobly poster though Thank we'll bring you it so back much for everything you're doing wow okay. some people really miss that. you guys you guys like the the, the hayao miyazaki poster we will bring her back i promise 
Nimble Nicole just sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Alfredo again says, oh, wow, this is an OG comment. Amala, will we see any other shelves breaking on your new set or maybe dropping a laptop or something else expensive? Not also, this time. play a tune for us or make a song with Brett Cooper. Well, an amazing voice. This time you're not going to see anything fall off the walls. I mean, the only thing that could possibly, maybe maybe the photos could and the guitar could, but I'm pretty sure I put those up pretty well. <laughs> so I think everything's staying on the walls. One of these days I'll play music. I can't for you guys today because my nails are extremely long and I can't play guitar with them. But uh, in the future, I will. There might be another earthquake over there too. You never know. Exactly. Yeah, gosh, the earthquakes. That's another thing. Yeah, it's been quite a few of those. But if you're not, if you're uh, newer here than like two years uh, about two years ago, we were just starting streaming with Amala, and uh, we had put in like a floating shelf behind her on the set, and mm -hmm. in the middle of the stream, it just slowly started like it was taped <laughs> to the wall, which was just a dumb idea. It was so, just horrible, absolutely uh, horrible. It ended up falling off. Yeah. And, yeah, it was really embarrassing, but kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, let's see. Sam says, hey, listening from the UK, I struggle to find political views that I vibe with. You guys are so engaging. Don't always agree with everything, nice. but always respectful and totally love the we chill and vibe. Love it. Nice. I'm glad. That's how we try. We try to keep it chill out here on this. Like we were making an end card for the show that you'll see on like some of your other of the other videos, like our Tuesday, Thursday, where they're actually edited. And we were like, do we put like, thanks for watching? And I'm like, I'll put thanks for chilling with me <laughs> because that's the, that's the whole vibe we have on this show. So make sure you watch tomorrow's video so you can see the new yeah. intro card, end cards, and, and the actual videos because they're still going to be good and even better. Banging. Banging. Uh, let's see. Lunar Trigger says, Donald, one, Donald Rumsfeld was like, oh, snap, we lost $2 trillion like OMG. Two, war is profitable at the expense of the poor. Military contracts generate profits for the rich. Whoa. You're taking me on a whole nother rabbit pathway. Hole. I don't even know what that, we're that referring to there. The whole was <laughs> Danny Masterson was one, you know, one too far for me. We needed the brick on top of that. So I'm rabbit holed out today. I know. I'm like, okay, I mean, we have to, we're going to have to save that for another day. I, the rabbit holes have been crazy. I didn't realize I'd be watching so many videos about this brick girl named Rhoda. I didn't realize I was going to be reading about a murder case in 2001 that somehow Ashton Kutcher was around. Wild. Now military industrial complex. I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah, that's, this is an ongoing rabbit hole, though. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's see. That Delia girl just says continual support from Iowa. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks, you. girl. Enjoy all of the uh, political ads you're going to be watching for the next uh, year. Fun stuff. Isabella Bus says, "Hey, Amala. Hey, Taylor. Very excited for the new show. Amala, have you heard about the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron, December yes. 2023?" Yes, I cannot. I literally cannot wait to watch it. I do have to go watch it in theaters. It is, uh, I think, Hayao Miyazaki's final film, which is so sad to even hear that it's his final film because he's quite. He's a genius. He's a genius. So. I will be supporting that film in whatever way I can. And first and foremost, watching it in theaters in both Japanese and uh, English dub, 100%. Michelle D'Oliveira says, congrats on your new event. Wait, yeah, no, I didn't read that one yet. <laughs> congrats on your new venture, guys. Glad to hear you are sticking together. Taylor, it looks like that statue behind you is creeping over your shoulder. That's how awkwardly placed it. Yeah, maybe we can move it to the, to the right, maybe. <laughs> 
just does a little bit. It's, it's, That's know, good. That's it. it's the wisdom in the back of his mind. Exactly. You know, uh, Alex again says, speaking of record slash music, do you ever put a Daddy Yankee Gasolina CD cover? If, if Daddy Yankee, on, <laughs> if you're uh, what on your suite, if I got you both one oh, on your set, I think on your set, a record. Yeah. You know what? If you sent me a record, I will listen to it. I will. There. Gasolina always plays whenever I go dancing with my roommate. So I don't know how I feel about the song itself, but I will dance to literally anything. <laughs> I will dance to you literally. It slaps. So. Uh, or it slapped once upon a time. Literally the whole time the music's playing in the background for the show, I'm just back here <laughs> <laughs> dancing. While, just know that. like While the, while you're watching the three-minute countdown on this show, I am dancing behind my desk. So it's fun times. And I'm frantically getting all of the... Uh, oh, we lost. Uh, there we go. Okay, we got it. Oh, darn. <laughs> We're, you know, we, we made it almost all the way without two we things did. happening. Just, just two, though. Okay. Uh, Hannah says, Amla, drop the shoulder workout. Do you have a shoulder workout? Uh, what are these called? What are these called when you have um, the, the... the Overhead presses. <laughs> Overhead presses. Do you do dumbbell? Do you do bench. machine? Do you do barbell? Okay. Um, um, dumbbells. Dumbbells. Overhead press. Uh, dumbbells chest press um what else what else there's is that the cam hain cycle that he put you on no this is not but i was certainly inspired by that by how weak i was during that moment to do more um there's what arnold presses that was from cam Haynes. i did learn that mm -hmm. from him uh but yeah i have not worked out in like a week and a half uh which now i'm at the part now I'm at the point where like it feels weird not to work out, which is really good because I've never really been there in my life. But now it feels weird. But I've been working so much on this show, which now I'm going to look at this camera. Hey, guys, I've been working so much on this show that I haven't uh, just made it a priority. So we're back to it now that we're smooth sailing. Now that this stream went OK, except for our camera just turning off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I missed a couple workouts myself in the last week. But finally mm -hmm. went back this morning and felt had a much better day. Uh, let's see. I think we got a few more here. Uh, Jeffrey Jackson says, thought I should do a super chat on this historic day for you guys. I love you both. Thank oh. you, Jeffrey. Thanks. Uh, Alex says the last part about Asian or Latina was a joke, but I forgot to say that she has to be a normal Latina or Asian girl. Again, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Thanks for clearing that Thank up. Thank you for the clarity. Very important. <laughs> Uh, AJ says, so sorry, Taylor. I have no idea why I wrote cam, LOL, and multitasking between class and listening. Thanks for the advice, you know what? guys. Happens to the best of us. Happens no. to the best of us. They all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> basic white guys. I usually get called Tyler or Trevor or Travis or Tylenol. You know, basic white guy T name. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, you know, cam. That's a new one. Um, <laughs> let's see. The homeless veteran again says, this is the credit card. Not going to pay it back anyway. Okay. Well. You know what? Well, in that case, why was it only a hundred? No. <laughs> you know what? Live, you're living life on the edge, uh, and that I can admire. I think. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. Can't endorse <laughs> this behavior. But yeah, no, me neither. So. Uh, Dave Ramsey would have much to say. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mr. Veteran. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is censoring my comments. Says. Can you talk about right-wing snowflakes? For example, Heels v. Babyface had a meltdown crying over pronouns in a video game. Uh, are the right becoming babies? I don't know who that is. 
I think I know who he was. He's one of the guys that's on Nerdrotic streams, and he had that viral video of him like freak going bananas over the pronouns in this new Starfield game. Like huh. they ask you for your pronouns when you're creating your character or whatever, and he's just was like really upset that he's like this is what I nothing I want more when I sit down to escape reality and escape all the BS that's in you know the world today is like modern day politics uh, and stuff. And he cried didn't cry but oh. he like made a very big scene and like screaming okay. the camera yeah, so just, it was like calm down a little bit of an overreaction perhaps, yes but yes yes with his frustration so yeah. just um, chill it he's out giving voice to how a lot of people feel you know, either either this the stuff belongs there or it doesn't and if it doesn't then people should take a stand against it maybe right not such dramatic fashion yeah maybe Anyways, not dr- drama undermines the message True. That's why we keep try it. to keep it chill. Yeah, we try to keep it chill. Uh, I think this is our last one, or maybe a couple more. Kofi Quay says, "Congrats on the new move. I only like the set, but I love your dress. You look good in black." <gasps> Thank you. I really appreciate it. I was going, you know, for you know, Newsy McNewserton today. If we're gonna do it, kick off the first show, we might as well bring out the old my version of a suit and tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the tie thing. I'm like, is this like a, is she wearing a tie? Like, I am wearing, it's like a dress that is also a tie. You can like tighten it or loosen it based on the tie. I feel like I'm a, a manly man. I'm transitioning. That's what I feel like. <laughs> you Gen Zers <laughs> and your trends. Uh, no, that's cool. David Seitz says, any thoughts on where the tech industry lies on the cultural spectrum? They've been seen as left-leaning is that your impression of tech today uh i mean thus far at least like the super the massive companies yeah i think like if we're gonna put them in an over if we're gonna say they're overwhelmingly a force towards left or right it's probably left you know yeah you see like the donations of like the you know the 90 something percent of like i think it was microsoft employees and amazon and facebook uh pick your you know tech company donate to democrats right and so it kind of speaks for itself there right and it seems to show up in their uh censorship policies but that's another rabbit hole we don't need to go into today True that. Uh, sam says i've been listening to your podcast all week at work it's turned from working to chilling thanks hey. for the entertainment shaka to ya amala nice thank you so much i'm glad i'm glad that you guys are listening to this like passively and it's making making your days better i i appreciate the kind words we love chilling with y'all and uh, i think this is our last one from alfredo one okay. more he says i miss all right we need more of amala sporty mcsportington now that football season has started. Y'all do it. Y'all don't want me to, you don't want me to be sporting sports now. I don't know anything. Like when we're talking about Novak Djokovic today and like the US Open, I'm like, okay, I know like Coco Goff and that's it. Like I literally don't know the dynamics of or the inner workings of the sport. All I know is he won the US Open uh, and that's great for him. And he's like one of the greatest tennis players ever. And Coco Goff just did her thing and won her a little trophy or whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> So besides Novak and Roger Federer, there was one other super famous men's tennis player. What was his name? Do you remember? He's from Spain. Can I get a hint? Can I get a I hint? Just gave you one. It's, it's from, from Spain. Spain. No. Oh my gosh. I've got nothing. I, think I even said it on the stream. But I've got nothing. Rafael Nadal. They're called the big. Oh, uh, you three. did They're say it on the stream. Dominating tennis for the last like twenty years. And uh, anyways. Never would have known her. Morty McPornington. That's your trivia of the day. We used to do a game where we'd put on like the logo of a team, like an NFL team or something, and then have Amala say what the team is, and she would make up 
really random stuff. Maybe we should. I would try my bring best. Bring it back sometime. Maybe we'll bring it back for a fun Friday. We'll do these games, uh, or maybe we'll like watch sports coverage, and I will try to be like a commentator and try to tell you, <laughs> explain to you guys what's happening. I do that to my boyfriend when we watch UFC fights, and I think that's hilarious. So, uh, anyways, guys, was that our final super chat? I think so. That's our show for today. Thank you guys so much for watching. It's the first of many now that we are an independent podcast. It's so cool. Hope you guys love the set. Hope you guys love the direction we're going in. There will be more changes here and there. Things are going to get more and more fun. I just want to thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to like and subscribe, that would be great. So you can keep up to with all of the videos that come out, all of the streams that we put out for you guys. And thank you so much for spending a little bit of your Monday with me. We're going to be back tomorrow with a video about princess treatment and young women wanting to find men who will give them princess treatment. We're going to open up that discussion and I would love to see your comments on that. Drop a comment down below once the stream is over today. How you feel about the many things we covered. Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, the Brick Girl, Rhoda, and Novak Djokovic winning the US Open and the Moderna shot of the day. So very ironically. Guys, it's been fun. I'll see you next time. Have a good day. Peace out.